Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. Happy New Year. Welcome to Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Jesko. Hey, Chet, the Eagles have now lost two in a row, putting them in a must-win situation Sunday against the Giants. The Sixers have now won 10 of the last 12, but still sit in the fifth spot in the Eastern Conference. I know you've got something to say about that. The Flyers <laughs> went west, winning three in a row with rookie Samuel Erson in the goal. Penn State wins the Rose Bowl. But the big story of the week and the live in-game injury of Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, so sad and difficult to watch, Jet. Yeah, it really was, Bill. I was actually watching the Sixers at the time that it happened, and then I started to see all these social media posts about this scary situation and, you know, prayers for this young guy during the Monday Night Football game. Uh, I investigated, of course, and saw what happened, and then I was glued to the TV for the next 90 minutes. And, you know, one thing real quick, ESPN has, justifiably so, received a lot of criticism in recent years, but I thought that Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and the in-studio crew actually did a real nice job handling a very tough situation. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I was watching, they they flipped over out of nowhere to Susie Culver, Booger McFarlane, and uh, um, Adam Schefter and put them in a pretty impossible situation. Yeah. And they did a great job. Um could, couldn't say enough about the way they handled things, I thought. Yeah, we'll talk more about that as we go along. But we got a guest waiting for us, Bill. Let's do it. Yeah, well, we're, we will discuss this and more with our great guest tonight. Uh, he wears so many hats, Chad. I wasn't sure how to introduce him. So we're going to call him the Working the Beat podcast partner, Kevin Cooney, who <laughs> will be joining us. Of course, Boop will be here a little bit later to make week 18 picks. So, Kevin, welcome to Philly Press Box Radio again. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Uh, hope everybody is well. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I have a lot of hats. Jack of all trades, master none. Uh, <laughs> so. Well, let me say this first of all, Kevin. Uh, during the holidays, I know you filled in quite a bit on 97.5, The Fanatic, and you did a great job. I heard several parts of several shows, you and our friend D. Lynham, among others, and you did a r- real great job. I'm guessing that was a lot of fun for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's one of those things I've, I've, thought about trying to get involved with that end of it a lot. Uh, I got to admit my main job now is teaching. So it's trying to work around schedules and, and working at school and everything, but I enjoy still having the communication about sports and still at the local angle and with fans and D makes it easy. I mean, D D is a a pros pro. Um, So we'll see. I mean, I've enjoyed it. Hopefully they've enjoyed what I've been able to bring them and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Oh, you got my vote. Well, you were watching, of course, the Monday night football game the other night, or at least mm-hmm. you, you turned it on once you found out what was happening. What are your thoughts? What was your immediate take on the tragic incident involving DeMar Hamlin and the NFL's handling of it and ESPN's handling of it? 
I got to admit, the one thing, I had the game on because I watched the end of the Penn State game, and I got them on a phone call. And it's also the night before school goes back, so you're kind of like half watching, even though it's a great game with Cincinnati and Buffalo, AFC top seed on the line. And it's one of those that you're on the phone and you're trying, you're half paying attention until you see that that replay, until you see Hamlin get up and then fall down. And you can tell by Buck and Aikman's voice, you click the sound up. And the fact they didn't say a lot said a lot. The fact that they were not speculative was incredible in my mind. Lisa Salters, who is an area person from Upper Marion High School, uh, was a pro's pro. Susie Colbers from Upper Dublin. She was a pro's pro. I thought uh, Booger McFarland handled it great. Would have probably liked a little more information on the behind-the-scenes stuff with Schefter about what the process with the league would have been. And then you turn it on. I was riveted through the night. I literally fell asleep with the television on so I could watch Van Pelt. And then I could watch their late-night crew, their normal sports center at night people. And I thought the NFL did handle it fairly well. Look, you know – at, I was one of those at first that said, what are you waiting for to call this? But somebody then kind of explained to me when I was talking to somebody about it this week who, who actually is in public safety. And they said, well, you want to make sure that that ambulance gets on the road before everybody floods out of the park. So that made sense in my mind. The fact that they were waiting to find his, his relatives and they didn't want to just call it immediately. It made more sense now that I think about it, because you wanted to make sure that he had a clean path for the hospitals. Interesting. Well, you know, and uh, Kevin, I don't know that you know this. Chet knows this. My son uh, actually works for the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Um, and he he was, we're all texting, you know, and so forth. So that the, they practice this. The, yeah, the yeah. medical staffs practice this all the time. They, they know how long it's going to take to get that equipment from point A to point B, get it fired up, get it ready to do uh, what it what it's supposed to do. And I think when it all is said and done, as the smoke's clearing a little bit, um, those on-field people did a tremendous job of, you know, hopefully saving this young man's life. Well, and, well, and I think one thing, one thing in this conversation, conversation going forward, forward is, is how do you prevent, how do you prevent I don't know, I don't know you can prevent because it. Because it's, it's an innocent, innocent hit. It wasn't, it wasn't even part of it. Part of it, 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 it it's into, into it just, it just kind of, kind of makes me insane. The wrong spot, spot uh, of that portion of the helmet. Now, do you, you guys, you've been around little leagues that where they now have the kids that wear like the harness around the heart. Um, um, you know, you know put that under a pair of shoulder pads. I don't know. Will players wear it, especially with players not wanting to wear full shoulder pads anymore? That could be a big debate uh, as we move forward. How do you prevent this? But I'm not sure, Bill. I, this sounds cold, but I'm not sure you could prevent something like that. The only thing you could do is respond. And I thought the NFL and especially the training staffs of the Bills and the Bengals handle that as perfectly as possible combined with the first responders in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yep. And we're all hoping for the best, of course, for DeMar Hamlin and, uh, you know, hopefully get some more good news in the days ahead. Uh, We want to switch gears a little bit and talk some Eagles football with you, Kevin. Uh, You know, the last couple of weeks, they didn't look great. They lost even the Mm -hmm. week before that, when Hertz was still quarterbacking, um, they didn't play all that great in beating Chicago. Is there any concern right now as they're going into this final game? I know they should win. We assume the Giants will play a lot of their backups, but uh, are you concerned as we approach the pro season here? 
I'm concerned a little bit. <clears throat> the injuries are a concern. I mean, I don't think you can lose Lane Johnson. And look, you're, you haven't lost him. You think you're going to get him back for the playoffs. But what's he going to be like? What's his What's his status going to be? How effective can he possibly be at that point? Um, Jalen Hurts will be fine. I, I think the defense, when you put Gardner Johnson back in, will be fine. It's still going to be tough for anybody to come into the link and win. I think they'll win this week. They have the motivation. They have the Giants are locked in at the sixth spot. Okay. Um, So I don't know how much it's going to matter for them. You know, I've heard people say, well, they're upset about two years ago. Well, tough. You know, like it's a different coaching staff. I'm not sure Brian Dibble's given a, you know what, about anything that happened under Joe Judge. Mm -hmm. So it's a different GM, different coaching staff. I don't see them playing their starters. I think the Eagles will win probably by 14. But look, guys, if you're also looking at this honestly, the best team in the NFC right now is San Francisco. Even with Brock Purdy at quarterback, that defense, if you don't have a healthy Lane Johnson in an NFC championship game against that def- against that defense, that's a real, real problem. Well, Kevin, it seems like Gardner Minshew has taken uh... – many a shots this week from everybody that, that has an opinion. Uh, Rightfully so. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going so. all the, all there. I, I think the offensive Bill. line played terrible. They stunk. I think that I believe, <laughs> think the play calling was terrible. The game plan was terrible. He well, was terrible. Plan- uh, I'll go with that, but there was plenty to mm-hmm. plenty to go around. And I think that offensive line, it's the worst game they played in a long time. Well, I, bl- I blame the game plan first. And the game plan of you're facing a team that's 24th and run against the run. Okay. And you ran it twice. You ran it twice. And now granted, I get Miles Sanders has a leg brace on. You're trying to be a little cautious with him going into the playoffs. I understand all of that. Then, then what's Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott on this team for? I mean, you know, New Orleans was second against the pass. It's the one thing, literally, if you looked at this and they were getting Lattimore back, it's like, okay, probably want to establish a run, take the pressure off Minshew, and it was a sign of arrogance. But that being said, Minshew just had no clue. I mean, what was the the the, the pick six, he's staring Lattimore down yeah. and still threw it to the same area. That play had no chance of working in any way, shape, or form. A.J. Brown so, was not happy about that. No, and, and by the way, AJ, AJ, throw yourself in front of it a little bit here. You yeah. know, like you, you, you could have, yeah, but it was a bad effort. He's not a good quarterback. He's not, he's not Nick Foles, and they're in trouble if Hurts gets hurt, like, and it cops back up in the playoffs. This isn't, but let, you know, yeah, there were a lot of factors at play. You throw the starting the regular starting quarterback in, I think there's going to be some sanity restored. Well, let's assume he is healthy or you know, very close to hundred percent. I'm assuming they're gonna win this week either way as well. But let's assume he is reasonably healthy going into the playoffs. How far can they go if Lane Johnson is not anywhere close to hundred percent? You know, look, they'll have home field if they win this week. You know, they'll beat Dallas. I mean, they should have beat Dallas anyway. With, with Minshew. Um, Tampa Bay might beat Dallas. I don't rule that out either. Yeah. 
Um, I would love to see Tampa and San Francisco play. Just, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Dallas and San Francisco play. Yeah. Somehow. Like, if you get the Giants back, maybe if they beat Minnesota or something, um, that would be cool. I think it would be better because it let those two teams kind of battle each other out. Um, but, you know, the, the thing I, – I still – I still keep running into this idea of the Niners are just so hot and they've played now their best football three of the last four years at this time of year. Okay. They played their best football this year has been in the last eight, nine weeks. They played their best football last year at the end of the year with Garoppolo and they played their best football of the year three years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, so they know what to do. They just haven't gotten that brass ring yet. I think Frisco is the team you have to favor right now in the NFC. Yeah. What do you, what do you think uh, about Purdy stepping up and doing what he's doing? Pretty, uh, you know, looks like an impossible task he took on, but doggone the kid keeps getting, keeps being good every week. You know, he was one of those quarterbacks. You get to watch a decent amount of Iowa State because of, you know, Fox and ESPN's love of the Big 12. He had a good arm. He has good field mechanics. He's probably not the the last pick on the draft type. Um, But, you know, you wonder when he will feel the pressure. Now, coming in the Philly for an NFC title game, that's going to be a different type of pressure than he's felt. He hasn't really been pushed yet. But they also have enough weapons. If they're going to get Samuel back, they're going to get McCaffrey back. They have a decent number of wide receivers who can make plays. You have Kittle across the middle. He has a pretty good weapons, and that's the one thing that Frisco has been able to do, not build around the quarterback, build around all the pieces around the quarterback to make the quarterback's life a lot easier. It's going to be a great postseason. I can't wait. Hey, let's switch gears again and talk a little Phillies with you, Kevin. Everybody loved the Phillies in September and October, but uh, frankly, there was not a whole lot of excitement about the Phillies in June, July, and August, despite the presence of, you know, Harper, Schwarber, Zach Wheeler, et cetera. Why did it take so long for people to come on board with the Phillies this year? Because they missed the playoffs 10 straight years. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they, they were eight games under 500 um, <laughs> and 11 games back. I mean, I... This is not a town that goes gaga over the wild card. It just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it is the ultimate show me town with every other team except the Eagles. Except the Eagles. Uh, and they were going to say, all right, you made the wild card as the number three. You kind of backed in because Milwaukee fell apart. Well, show us. And they showed, and they showed, and the people will show up this year. Um, yeah, Trey Turner in. That's also a nice little uh, boost at the box office. But I don't blame the fans for this town in this town for being jaded. I mean, you, you live through the Kapler years, you live through all the years under Clentac. You looked at what was going on, you saw how they stumbled out of the gate under Joe Girardi. You fired him for a bench coach that you didn't know a lot about. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a human nature. I will say one thing Dombrowski picked the perfect time. To fire Girardi because that stretch of the schedule. Now that you look back at it, you had the, the mm. Angels who were struggling. You had a ton of games against the Nationals. You had a ton of games against teams that you could beat up on. It got them momentum, and that's what carried them. Yeah, I, I was actually as you were talking, I was going to ask you about Rob Thompson and and what you thought about the job he did. And because you know the funny thing is, uh, personally, I didn't like how he handled the pitching staff even a little bit, but they kept winning. 
So, so what do I know? Uh, okay. All right, Bill, Bill, you're going to, you're going to bring up the Wheeler thing, aren't you? You're going to bring up game six, aren't you? Well, not, not yeah. necessarily all the games. Suarez, he did it with Suarez several times as well. Um, fourth inning, fifth it, inning, you know, uh, this not, is the modern. This is modern yeah, baseball. I know, unfortunately, I know. And You're I, talking look, to a I'm dinosaur, gonna... Kevin. You're talking to a dinosaur Bill, over there. Bill, I'm I'm a little <laughs> bit with you. I don't like the fact that guys are trained to go five innings. I don't. Okay, but I also kind of get it. I do. And you have so much invested in a lot of these guys, and even the young guys, you have invested in a sense of you want to like maximize their worth when they're affordable, if you will. So I get that. I thought Thompson did a really good job. I think he great did a great job with the bullpen. I thought the actual bullpen with the the way he mix and match Alvarado and Dominguez coming back off the injury and Robertson when he got him in, I, I thought he did a masterful job of working it. Now, getting the game six, I didn't have a problem with him pulling Wheeler at that point because the numbers were pretty clear on how much Wheeler fell off the planet after 70 pitches. And I know he was dominant until that point, but game six of the World Series is not the time to find out how far this guy can go if you know that the numbers reflect him just plunging. Hey, by the way, Kevin, on the same day last week that you on the radio talked about the top Philly sports people of the year, that was an agenda item on our show last week. And Howie Roseman was my number one choice. You went with Rob Thompson. Both pretty good Mm -hmm. choices, I think. Yeah, both pretty good. You could say the art. You could make the argument the top three were all executives slash managers. I mean, yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, you can certainly make a case for Dave Dombrowski in there as well. Um, Thompson just Thompson is going to be one of those figures that I, it's provided they don't crash, which is yeah, look, it could happen, especially without Harper to begin the year, but. Rob Thompson is, is one of them all shucks kind of guys who kind of works here. Um, look at Charlie. Charlie Charlie worked here well as an all shucks guy. I think Doug Peterson had a little all shucks in him. Um, and that's not saying they're backwoods or whatever. It's just their their personalities kind of fit the town that they didn't they didn't have to speak a lot. And Thompson was perfect in that role. And now it's going to change though because him being the guy of the full year. Yes, he did run spring training, but it's his camp in in name and everything. It's going to be fascinating when he has to deal some, with some discipline issues this year because you know it's going to crop up. Yeah. How, how do you like the offseason moves they've made? Uh, with, you know, Trey Turner obviously is a big catch, uh, but how do you like the, the pitching moves so far? Uh, Turner obviously was what they needed for the middle of the lineup with, or for the top of that lineup and gives them stability. It gives them ability to move Schwarber back. Uh, I don't mind Kimbrell in the bullpen. Uh, I think it's a good low risk, high reward one year. Okay. If he's not good, you'll end up doing to him what you did with Familia and all that. You'll brush him aside and move on. And it's not going to be a lingering kind of contract. I will admit Taiwan Walker scares me a little bit. Okay. He scares me in this sense. Uh, Yes. He's been a workhorse. Yes. He has had great moments. I just want to see it more consistently. And there were times with the Mets that I thought he, in big moments, kind of shrunk from the moment. And it's not like you're asking him to be the number five guy. You're asking him to be the three or maybe even the two if you want to bump Nola back. Um, 
and asking that for four years, that's risky. You give Dombrowski the benefit of the doubt, but I'm a little more leery of that one than I would have been of others. Well, Kevin, uh, 76ers talk. They've played very well of late. Winners of 10 of their last 12. Embiid's been terrific, another player of the month award for him. Harden's been good since coming back from injury. But are they deep enough to finally get past the second round of the playoffs? No. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> he, the, the, the question I have with them is simple. Um, okay, so you, you know in the playoffs you're going to play half court. Is Harden still going to be this effective? And are you going to be able to get a reliable scoring performance out of somebody like Tobias? I just don't know. And I do think that the one thing, look, the East is loaded. I mean, you can look at, everybody looks at Boston, everybody looks at Milwaukee. Cleveland is dangerous. Jersey is playing as well as anybody and appears to have gotten their act together. Ironically, with Ben Simmons on the sidelines for a lot of that, but that's a whole different story. Indiana's even pretty good, okay? So if you're looking at it, they may be the best of this bunch that of teams that they've had probably since, uh, it, it definitely since they had Jimmy Butler in, in the mix. The problem is the East is deeper, and I don't know if they're deep enough to get past either the Celtics or the Bucks or for that matter, Brooklyn in a seven game series. And then the changes will start. Let's be honest. If they don't get past the first, the second round this year. Um, the coach is gonna have a new, the ho- the coach is gone. You would think James is going to be gone. Yeah. I mean, he's already starting to pave the way for him to leave. And how many more years until Joel Embiid says, peace, get me out of here. I, I, you know, my career only has so many years. That's a problem. That's one I don't think the organization wants to deal with. Yeah, I I noticed you didn't put Glenn Rivers on any of your executive of the year lists. uh, (laughs) uh, Now, Phil, Phil, I'll say this. Doc (laughs) keeping him, uh, you know, we left. Doc, the fact that Doc kept him afloat without Harden, without Maxi, and without Embiid for some of this is a good testament to what he's been able to do. Well, he finally used his bench a little bit. He doesn't seem to use that. Okay, all right. Hold on. Wait a minute. Okay. Now you're going to get me started here. Go ahead. Who on the bench do you really trust? Hmm. You trust Shake you trust Shake Milden every night? Well, but at 82 games, you have to figure out somebody to trust. You got to put guys in situations and let them play a little bit and find out what you got because you and can't he tr- win it and, with five or six guys. And, and I get it. He trusts Melton, and, and Melton's giving him good rewards, okay? He trusts Jordan Yang, and Jordan Yang can score 18 one night and two the next. Mm-hmm. Okay? I, their bench is not great. The more I see of, you know, Paul Reed, the more I wonder, like, is it because his name rhymes with B-Ball Paul? I mean, that's all. <laughs> I, I, seriously, like, the fact that these guys, their bench, I just don't believe is good enough to win deep into the playoffs. Not that you right. win with a deep, not that you win with a deep bench because you, it's your top eight usually. Kevin, we're just about out of time, and uh, so I'm going to do something that the Eagles' offense did a lot on Sunday: three and out, three quick ones <laughs> yeah. for you. All right. Uh, number one: Will Carson Wentz ever be a starting quarterback in the league again? I don't think he'll be a quarterback in the league next year. He may be gone. You're right. He uh, honestly, he could, he could end up in the yeah. USFL or XFL at this point. Yep. 
Number two, you mentioned you think the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl from the NFC. Who's going to represent the AFC? Well, that's a wild card right now because you don't know what the Buffalo yeah. situation is going to be. Yeah. Um, and if Buffalo gets home field advantage, I, I think they'll end up going to the Super Bowl. But, boy, it, they've also had a ton of injuries beyond what's going on here. Um, any, you know, I'll take Buffalo, but I'm not feeling real confident. And finally, how long into January can you say Happy New Year? What's the cutoff? <laughs> I'm going to give it Monday coming up. I, I think you uh, get a week. Yeah, I go January 10th, so you're right about the same. You say the 9th. Yeah, I, I say the 9th, I, you know, basically because there are some people who take the late vacation after yeah. the first. They 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 do the back end <laughs> to extend the holiday. My wife's doing that this week. Ah. Um, they do that. So basically, like, your new year is, you know, it doesn't start till the 9th, really. All right. Sounds well, hey, good. Kevin, before we let you go, uh, working to beat podcasts, some other things you have going on, where can people follow you, find you? At Kevin Cooney on Twitter, uh, I'll be doing some AP. I'm doing actually Purdue Penn State Sunday night at the Palestra, uh, which will be interesting. Purdue's number one in the country for now until they the new poll comes out. And then I'm on uh, 97.5 on Saturday, 6 to 9, nice. and Sunday morning, nine to nine to noon so <laughs> very good short turnaround all right hey and yeah. one thing one thing we didn't get to and we darn a chat it's your fault we didn't talk about your hall of fame ballot because i got a couple bones oh. to pick with you on that go ahead go that's go right, that's right i just want a simple how could you take gary sheffield and not take alex rodriguez all right simple okay alex rodriguez failed to ta- or was suspended for it Gary Sheffield wasn't. So it's whether you've been suspended or not. Is that your that's your thinking? The, the the policy I have is okay. Up until that point, it was the Wild Wild West, okay. And I took guys who had numbers who were Hall of Fame who I didn't think were so artificially padded. And Sheffield's numbers are not artificially padded in the sense of he only had one time he was kind of linked to it, and it was for one year. Okay, those two. There you go. Hey, my ugly handwriting. (laughs) Ramirez and Rodriguez saw the sport drag through Congress, saw the the Players Association and the MLB put a system in place and still went, you know what? Screw it. And still cheated. So, yeah, that's why I decided I leave those two off the ballot. I. They knew what the ramifications were, and they still did it. Maybe it's maybe it's almost stupidity why I don't vote. You know that I just feel like they don't belong. You saw what the rules were, and you and you failed it anyway. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna bark at me over Scott Rowland like everybody else has. <laughs> no, he, I mean he. I, I'd put him on the list, but he's he's down toward the bottom of my list. I, Todd Helton and Billy Wagner would be my one and two, two and one, that one A. The, okay, be my first two. My argument on Scott Rowland and honestly for Jimmy Rollins on this. Are, are you taking Brooks Robinson out? Because Scott Rowland and Brooks Robinson are the same player. Yeah. Great defense. Jimmy Rollins and Barry Larkin. Both. Jimmy yeah. is a better defender than Barry Larkin. And has I hope the Jimmy same gets offensive in eventually. Numbers. I would love to see Jimmy, Rollins get in. J- Jimmy's gonna uh, Jimmy's best hope's gonna be in the veterans committee. It's not gonna be yeah. through the uh, the regular committee. You're right. And that's that's a long time down the road. 
It's a, it's about eight years, yeah. yeah. But I think Jimmy's. I think Jimmy will get in that way because I think the players respect Jimmy maybe than some other media people who got. You know, it's going to be interesting next year to see who gets more, Jimmy or Chase. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're Absolutely. Right. Well, good stuff. Good. We we could talk about this for a whole nother hour because there's there's oh good, sure good stuff there. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin, no problem, appreciate guys. you. Have a, well, happy New Year. We happy still have New a couple Year. days. <laughs> we can still do it. all right jet winter is here along with cold weather so maybe spend a little more time on your couch than you are your car it's time for you to start saving with all states pay as you go auto insurance yeah that's right bill all states pay as you go auto insurance puts you in control you only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that is Dave Lavoie. And by the way, happy 11th anniversary to Dave and his Allstate agency. Yeah, 11 years there. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700 and start to save more now that you are driving less. That's right. Hey, Chet, while we're talking about it, uh, the holiday season's passed. It's winter time. What are the activities that are going on over at the Iris Rover Station House this winter? Well, you know, it's a new year, and it's going to be a great year at the Irish Rover. I happen to know for a fact that before too long, the Rover, like Allstate, will be celebrating an anniversary. Ten years for the Irish Rover at their no longer new location, but a great location it is over there on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. I'll let you know once they reveal the details. A few things that are constant at the Rover. Well, they have Quizzo every Wednesday evening. Killer Burger Thursdays, a $5 per item tailgate menu during all Eagles games. Dinner specials Thursdays through Sunday. 24 beers on tap all the time. And yeah, live music now Saturday nights. The band Soul Shine is there this weekend. The Irish Rover Station House is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. The website, Irish Rover Station House. Hi, this is Ray Dinger, and it is always fun to talk sports with these two guys, Bill and Chet, on Philly Press Box Radio. Thanks, Ray Diddy. Always good to hear from you, too, pal. And I guess you know they're dusting off Ray Diddy for the Eagles postseason. He will be on the postgame shows on NBC Sports Philadelphia. How about that? I did not know that. Fantastic. Good stuff. Well, hey, Chet, it's January, so guess what? We're going to talk Flyers, pal. January. Hockey Flyers, you're going to watch. And, and there's actually positive to talk about, too. The Flyers went west, swept a three-game uh, series out there for the first time in their history. They did it with rookie goaltender Samuel Urson in the goal. Um, we might have a little goalie controversy. And most importantly, can they keep going? Can they win some games? I got to be honest. I had somehow never heard of that goalie until the, the second game that he played. I don't know where he came from. What do you know about him? Is he a legitimate prospect? Well, yeah, he he's a youngster. Um, he had only he played one game before these three. Uh, he kind of got lit up, and but they ended up tying. Um, hockey does losses, goalie losses, a little different than anybody else. Uh, Carter Hart ended up taking the loss in that game after Urson uh, was behind three or four nothing. Uh, anyway, uh, he gets another start, three in a row, wins all three. Uh, they're in a little bind, though, because Hart is ready to come back from his injury. Uh, they now have three goaltenders. Erson is the one with the options. So he may be the one that ends up getting sent back down. Um, 
just, but he's got to play, you know, he can't stay up and not play. So they got to figure out exactly what they're going to do there. Sandstrom uh, has no options. He would have to clear waivers. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And Hey, Bill, I don't know if you know this, but tomorrow night, Thursday night, they're doing one of those throwback Thursdays that they've been doing pretty much monthly at the uh, Wells Fargo center. And they're going to be uh, talking about the 1990s flyers. A bunch of them, I think will be in the house. I know Chris Terrian will be there. I, I'm thinking I heard that Lindros will be there. I'm not positive, but yeah, throwback Thursday. So when you think of 1990s flyers, it's got to be Lindros and Leclerc and those guys that immediately come to mind, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and there were some good teams, Eric Desjardins, I think Yeah. And my years are all a little yeah. messed up. You know, they all run together, but uh, Desjardins was a great player. Uh, they, they, Tarion was great. Yep. Um, you know, Hextall was part of, I would think, Hexie part of the early nineties. Anyway, part of the nineties. Yep. Uh, yeah, but uh, the Legion of Doom and that bunch—that that's what—that was great hockey back then. Yeah, Mark Recchi for a little bit too. So yeah, a lot of great uh, memories from the nineteen nineties. Should still have had Brian Prop, shouldn't we? In the early nineties, but I, I think I the very think. early nineties. Yeah, he was mostly like eighty to ninety-one or ninety-two. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's cool that they're doing that. It's cool that the guys are coming back. And uh, you know, a guy like Bundy is is. Uh, often a bit critical of the flyers and, and yes, how they, is. uh, how they go about their business. But, uh, you know, it's good that they're all going to be there and, you know, I haven't got to the part in the book yet. Cause I got stalled over the holidays. I'm reading that Chris Darian book. Um, but apparently he, he gets after, uh, Lindros a little bit in that book from what I've, I've heard, but oh, I haven't really? got to that point yet. So I have to, I have to pick that back up. Hmm. All right. All right. Tell us about the EOP lineup. For yeah, the well, hey, we always have to give a shout out to the Edge of Philly Sports Network. As always, wall-to-wall coverage. You can catch all the action on www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can find our show on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel, and we'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later. Uh, help us out. Hit those subscribe, follow, like buttons, and share with your family and friends. As you can see, load it up. Uh, especially when you get the Sunday Eagles Giants pregame, halftime, postgame, the whole deal. Uh, clear the ice even late Sunday night. So all week there is something always going on at the Edge of Philly Sports Network. You got it. You all got right. It, well, hey, Chet, you know, every year uh, this is always a sad thing to do, but it, but it's worth the recognition, I think. We lose so many great athletes. We did again in 2022. Uh all the way from the great Bill Russell early in the year to Franco Harris and Pelé, uh, all the way here late late December. Uh, what, what do you you know? We you always come up with a list for this. Yeah, sad but true that it happens every year. Uh, and that being the case, I did this morning put together this little retrospective uh, of some of the greats that we did lose over the past year. So here we go. It is the case every year, unfortunately. We say goodbye to way too many athletes and coaches that we watched and admired and enjoyed over the past several decades, and 2022 was no exception. From the basketball world, we said goodbye to longtime NBA coach Bill Fitch and players such as John Drew and Hall of Fame center Bob Lanier, plus a guy who was a pretty good player and coach, Paul Silas. Legendary longtime Princeton head basketball coach Pete Carrill left us, as did former Sixers forward Luke Jackson from that great 1967 NBA title team, plus former Sixers coach and GM Gene Chu. 
And of course, the one that really hit the basketball world and beyond hard was the late July death of the legendary Celtics center and player coach, Bill Russell. The NBA announced soon afterwards that it would forever retire his number six jersey league-wide. Also leaving us in 2022, boxer Ernie Shavers, golf greats Tom Weisskopf and Kathy Whitworth, and just recently, soccer legend Pele. There were several hockey greats whom we lost last year, including three of them from the great 1980s New York Islanders dynasty, Clark Gillies, Jean Potvin, and of course, Hall of Famer Mike Bossy, who even today is the Isles' all-time leading goal scorer with 573. The hockey world also bade farewell to longtime executive Emile the Cat Francis, one-time Flyers defenseman Larry Hillman, and Hall of Famers Boya Salmine and Guy Lafleur. Former Major League Baseball players who passed last year included Odalis Perez, Tommy Davis, and that great Dodgers base stealer, Maury Wills, plus a couple of Hall of Fame pitchers, Bruce Souter, one of those few relievers to win a Cy Young Award, and the great Gaylord Perry. Among baseball folks with ties to the Phillies, who left us in 2022, pitcher Dick Ellsworth, second baseman Denny Doyle, slugger Jeremy Giambi, remember he hit a dozen homers in a half season with the Phillies in 2002, plus pitching coach Ray Ripplemeyer, and catchers John Wackenfuss and John Stearns. A great pitcher from the Wiz Kids days, Kurt Simmons, passed last year, and pitcher David West, who was a key setup guy for those 93 Phillies, and the architect of that 1993 National League pennant-winning team, GM Lee Thomas. Of course, another huge loss last year was that fantastic broadcaster known for his 67 years calling Dodgers games, as well as his national TV work, the great Vin Skelly, legend indeed. Oh, in October, the Phillies announced that left-handed pitching prospect Corey Phelan had died after a battle with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He was just 20 years old. The list of former football players and coaches that left us in 2022 is a particularly lengthy one, unfortunately, and there were several greats among them. A partial list, coaches Vince Dooley, Dan Reeves, and Mike Leach. Players including Gino Capaletti, Don Maynard, Tony Siragusa, and John Hadle and Dwayne Haskins. Two-time AFL MVP and three-time champion, the great Raiders quarterback known as the Mad Bomber, Daryl LaMonica, died as well. Plus, Hall of Famers, Charlie Taylor, Rayfield Wright, Len Dawson, and the great punter, Ray Guy. And of course, just three days before Christmas and the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, we got the sad news that South Jersey native, Penn Stater, and legendary Pittsburgh Steeler Franco Harris had suddenly died. We lost another Penn State running back last year, too, Gary Brown, who had a solid NFL career after his days in Happy Valley. And we said goodbye to a man who played 11 seasons at center for the Eagles in the 1970s and early 80s, Guy Morris, who later had a long coaching career in college and as an NFL assistant. Rest in peace, all, and thanks for the memories. Well, hey, great stuff, and uh, all so many great names, great memories, and uh, unfortunately, time passes by, Chet, and uh, it's not good. Yeah, and, you know, at our age, all these heroes that we watched in the late 60s and 1970s and even the 80s, you know, are starting to fall by the wayside, unfortunately, Bill. They're getting, they seem to be getting younger every day, too, don't they? Speaking of uh, old age, 
Do you know it's 50 years ago tomorrow, Thursday, January 5th, that both the first Aerosmith album featuring Dream On and Greetings from Asbury Park by Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band were released 50 years ago tomorrow. Can you believe that? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, we're All right. Let's get on to it because uh, we got to welcome our man from Boop Stats, Bob Patron Jr., brought to us by Splits Bar and Grill. Uh, we're going to make this week's picks, provide some week 18 better tidbits. Boop is not at Splits tonight, I can see. He's at the uh, Boop Bar and Grill. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no grilling or barring going on right now. Let me tell you that. There are and he shaved. Look, he shaved. And we shaved, yes. yes. Nice. Yeah. Hey, Boop, before we forget. And here it goes. Uh, here it goes, Boop. Oh, the fans go wild. Look at that. Boop. <laughs> Boop, thanks to you last week for helping uh, put us over the top. Uh, you brought in like 20 new subscribers. We went over to the top with you and your help. And then Joe Howe uh, got us some more subscribers. So we appreciate the help and keep them coming, man. We want to boost that YouTube channel and get more people to watch us every single week. Yeah, you're welcome. And that thanks for reminding me. It's 20 checks I got to send out now. <laughs> Sign your name, not mine. All right. Well, hey, let's My get wife. to our picks, and then we'll get back to chatting a little bit. Chet, um, how did we do last week? What are our standings after 17 weeks? Boop. The good news, Boop, is we're going to the playoffs. So that's all we got to worry about. We're in final but, jeopardy, yeah. That's Not right. a great weekend for any of us, thanks in part to the Eagles stinker and to all of us thinking Carson Wentz might have one more good game in him. That didn't happen. Uh, but, hey, since I picked Green Bay to beat the overrated Vikings, I went three and two. Bill was two and three. Boop, you were one and four, buddy. Sorry about that. So I am now 45 and 25, a full three games. You heard me, a full three games up on Bill. Boop, you are eight games back now. But, uh, hey, the good news, you will get the first draft pick, Boop, next. Oh, it doesn't work like that. Never mind. <laughs> Not a lottery, huh? No. Uh, well, hey, we added a few games uh, this week just to make it a little more interesting. There's some, uh, some, some playoff implication games that we threw in here. So, here we go. Let's get to it. Week 18, Tennessee at Jacksonville. The Jags are minus six and a half. Tennessee is hurting. Yeah, you know, I don't think you guys give me enough credit for pulling Jacksonville out from early in the year. Uh, you know, I bet 13 of their games before they even kicked it off, and I went 9-4 and four in those games, so I want to hang my hat on that a little bit. If we could hang, hang those nine wins onto my record, <laughs> anyhow. I'm going You'd back. only be in last place by a little. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Boop likes Jacksonville. So do I. I'm on the Doug Peterson bandwagon right now, and I think they're going to win and you know be in the playoffs and you know maybe uh, surprise somebody. Yeah, Jack, uh, Tennessee's got troubles. They just got yeah. injuries, and uh, I think Mike Vrabel's taking Jacksonville in this game as well. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> All right, Detroit at Green Bay. Green Bay minus four and a half. Detroit's playing good ball. Aaron Rodgers is at home. Do you realize that if it wasn't for the Packers? Most of America wouldn't know what a tundra it was. So, let's go Green Bay. <laughs> that is a good point. Uh, yeah, uh, Detroit might be eliminated, I think, by 8 o'clock Sunday night because I guess Seattle could knock Detroit right out of there. So, Correct. that would leave them nothing to play for. Either way, I'm taking Green Bay. Well, I'm telling you what, I'm going Detroit. Whoa. And, and I never go against Aaron Rodgers at home. I got to make up a game here. Detroit's good. Detroit has played better ball and uh, – you know, Aaron Rodgers at home is tough, tough to beat. But I'm going Detroit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
play one of my flyers here. Okay. All right. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. The Steelers are minus three. Let's make it 19 straight non-losing seasons for the Steelers. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I got to be honest. Uh, I'm impressed by what they've been able to do with a, a not great Steelers team this year. And if they do finish, you know, nine and eight, kudos to Coach Tomlin and to the rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett. I'm taking the Steelers also. Yeah, I'm taking the Steelers too. I hate to keep having to agree with you. I can't make up games that way, but uh, I'm taking the Steelers as well. Cowboys at Washington. Cowboys are minus five and a half. A little low on the spread, I thought. Who's playing quarterback for Washington, Boop? It is the other guy, the non-Wentz guy. Huffle, whatever his name is. Heineke. Um, the third, okay. Not Heineke, the third stringer. <clears throat> you know, the Giants just took the life. Right. The tie with the Giants um, just took the life out of Washington a couple weeks ago. They have not won since Dallas. Yeah, I'm too surprised that it's only five and a half. I don't know if it's gone up since, but I think Dallas wins and covers. But I'm not going to bet on the Cowboys. They just can't do it. But I'm taking them to win. Yeah, I, I think Dallas is going to win this game too. Uh, Washington, like you say, they've, they've fallen apart from the inside out, apparently. All right, must game for the Birds, Giants and Eagles. I had no line showing. Chet, Chet told me he saw 13. Uh, what, what do you 13 got? 13 and a half I'm yesterday. 14 at point blank uh, all day, and still I checked just before I logged on. It's still 14 at DraftKings, rather. Um, you know, if they blow this one, 1964 gets knocked down, and third and 30 becomes a new Chico Ruiz. Um, uh, it's going to be the Eagles. Definitely Eagles. I, I think they win. And I don't know what the situation is with the Eagles and Hurts, but I don't care. They're going to win. This. I said this last week. They're going to win no matter who's quarterbacking this week. Giants, I don't think, are going to play their starters. Eagles will win. We'll get that number one, number one seed. I agree. Eagles will win. I hope they come with a better game plan than they came with last week because it stunk the place up. All right. Last, TCU Georgia for the national championship. Georgia Minus 12. Uh, we got to get the point spread on this. So whoever you take, you're taking points. What, what do you got, Boop? Mm. Uh, you know, Texas Christian eked out that wonderful game last week, but they didn't. there were times they did not play well. And Northern Georgia, all, the, all 60 minutes of theirs. Georgia is about 12 points better, but TCU has a chance. Um, in October, I put $2 down on TCU to win the whole thing at 80 to 1. So I'm going to root for TCU and take them here. TCU to cover, huh? All right. I follow so much college football. Here's my uh, selection right here. See this coin? Uh, heads it will be Georgia to cover. It is tails. TCU will cover. Well, doggone it. I wanted to take TCU, but now I got to take Georgia. So <laughs> I, I can make this up. I've been on Georgia all along. I thought Georgia was, was the best team all along, but uh, I like the way TCU plays. They got a lot of grit. They play hard. Uh, so, but I'll, I'll take Georgia by 12 and uh, I could lose that, but I got to also okay. try to make up so the game. We will so, count that in the standings. And we are also going into the playoffs again last or this year, just as we did last year. So boop, you still have a shot. Yeah. And we're going to pick them all in the playoffs. So yes, it, we are. Yeah. So we boop. Pick them right. That's right. So throw some weekly splits bar grill tidbits at us for week 18. What you got? Well, well, like you said, the Eagles are, as I've seen all day, 14 points. Point favorites. Uh, the last point favorites, they won 31 to 6 over the Jets in 2019 and 31 to 3 over the Bears in 2017. So 31 looks like a pretty good number when they're 14 point favorites, if, if you like numerology. Um, secondly, and I, again, I don't think they're going to lose, but just so you know, 
Eight teams since the merger have had a three-game lead in the division and failed uh, to take that title home. Uh, only one of them had a three-game lead with three games to play and blew it. That would have been the 2008 Denver Broncos, who uh-huh. very quickly got rid of Michael uh, Shanahan right after that. But um, a three-game lead with three games to go, being losing the division has been done in the NFL. So hopefully it will not get done again. Boop, I have a question for you. As as we've watched all the end of the season unfold here, and uh, you know we 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 saw what the Eagles have done the last two weeks, um, do you think that it's? It, I'm going to try to word this right. Do you think this is real? I mean, to me, that there's a whole lot of TV hype, a lot of all this hype that Dallas is this, San Francisco's this, Minnesota even is this, and the Eagles aren't this. Uh, I think the Eagles are a pretty darn good football team. Yeah, they are. You know, like we said before, they had a they had a real great run of not turning the ball over. I think two in the first seven games, which is well below the average, which is about one a game league wide. Um, you get above one or two, and you're going to start having a lot of things to make up for. They had eleven in the course of seven games, four twice, three in another game. Those things are hard to overcome. So, um, yeah, they're pretty good. As are most good teams. They get less good when they turn the ball over. And Dallas, by the other hand, scored a lot of turnovers when they got to play the Eagles. So that's why they got better, as well as getting some people back from injury. So the Eagles probably weren't quite as good as we thought they were on their way to 13-1, and um, but not nearly as ungood as some of the people around the league would make you feel now, if that makes sense. I got you. All right, Boop, uh, let everybody know where they can follow you, what's going on over at Boop Stats and at Splits Bar and Grill. Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Boop Stats. Uh, and also at boopstats.com. Uh, I do TV listings and stats and trivia and occasionally throw an opinion out there, um, whether it's right or wrong. And, uh, you know, fun stuff. If you have any questions about stats, throw them my way, and I try to get to them timely. Um, and if, you know, if Chet ever comes by Switz again, I'll, you know, we'll take another picture and post that up there too. There I go. have to get down there. That, that's my resolution for the first quarter of the year. I got to get down there sometime between now and, say, mid-March. And I will. Okay. There you go. Well, Boop, thanks again. Uh, happy New Year, and uh, we'll see you next week. Same to you, gentlemen. All right. Thanks, Boop. Hey, Boy, Bill, hey, I Chet. Wanna, yeah, go I ahead. I want to tell our listeners before you do that, I want to tell our listeners about uh, Philly sports trips because they got a lot of big things coming up, including a couple of trips down to Florida to see the Phillies in spring training. One of those trips includes a meet and greet with Charlie Manuel. And there's also a trip to Brooklyn to see the Sixers take on the Nets. And that uh, is coming up in just about a month and a few days. So February 11th, that will happen. And they got trips uh, for the Philadelphia Union, who are starting up a a new season again very soon. And already some more Phillies trips in season as well. So lots going on. All the details at phillysportstrips.com. And Edge of Philly Sports has a new sponsor, and it is Sherry's Ticket Town. Great selection of concert and sports events tickets with no hidden fees. It is Sherry's Ticket Town. Um, tickets available there at competitive second market prices, secondary market. And you can save 10% with the promo code EOP10. Again, that is Sherry's Ticket Town. The website, actually, sherrystickets.com. There you go. Hey, Chet, uh, speaking of uh, our one of our other guests that we had uh, while I was on vacation, you had this... Uh, Spectre Sports on, yes. and I did get my 76ers um, 
piece for Christmas. I got one too. Courtesy of my kids. So, uh, and it's a great, it's a great item if anybody uh, still wants it. I think they're actually running a sale right now. Buy one, get one of any of their prints right now. So check that out. Yeah, I got mine and uh, I didn't hang it up yet, but I, I have it in the frame. I have to do some rejiggering on the walls because I'm losing wall space, Bill. So I have to move things around and I will make it fit. And I'm thinking about getting that Eagles one now too, because they're so well done. Yeah, they are. They are. Check them out. I've got both and uh, they're not hanging up yet either, but uh, they will be soon. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, uh, we're going to hit the Sixers real quick. Uh, see if you have anything else to add. They're within three games now, still in fifth place. Uh, closing in on the midpoint of the season, your your man crush with Joel is still ongoing. Um, what do you think? Is this team going to put it together? My man crush is continuing as is your, you know, unabashed criticism of him for no particular reason. Uh, the guy you love to hate, yeah, Joel, he just continues to have games, you know, 40 points, 10 rebounds. Apparently that's not good enough for Bill Furman, but I, I digress. Uh, look, they're still well, they nowhere. lost. They're, they've they, won 10 out of 12, Bill. They lost the night he had 47 or whatever. They that lost. happens. That happens. Well, it shouldn't. Oh, my God. Make the players uh, around you better, perfect team. As Kevin Cooney said, you know, the bench is not great. You've said that. It's true. Uh, but Harden's playing better. Tyrese Maxey back in the lineup. There are still concerns about uh, the depth and the bench. Uh, the, too many turnovers late in games, but they are only three games now, three games out of first place behind the Celtics. Uh, as Kevin mentioned, it is a crowded field, though. The top five teams could finish pretty much you know, anywhere. So you got to stay healthy. You got to just gear up and hope things are looking good in March and April. And what really counts in the NBA is how you play in April, May and June. So we'll see. I'm not writing them off yet, much as I'm not a huge Glenn Rivers fan. Uh, he, he's got one more, you know, five months period to prove us wrong. So come on coach. Well, the, the one thing you can hope for Chet is that these early season injuries and they have had a pile of them, uh, are just that the early season and that they can play the second half strong with a full complement of players and, uh, make up some ground and, and continue to win the games they should win, um, which are, are a lot. And then, and then win some of these big games. That they, uh, they're going to have to do it as a group. And having Maxi back uh, shortly—that's certainly a help. Yeah, he's back. Uh, they've won ten in a row, by the way, at home, and they are hosting the Pacers tonight and the not so great Bills, or not the Bills, uh, Bulls, <laughs> the Bulls, <laughs> the Bills. I wrote down the Bulls, Chicago Bulls. That would be. And yeah, I'll say it again, Bill. Uh, the big guy, Embiid, he has now won. Eastern Conference Player of the Month for a fifth time, tying uh, Mark set by Allen Iverson back in the day. So, way to go, Joel. Don't listen to Furman. Just win, baby. Just talk to me about what you're winning. That's what all you, I Al care Davis about. Davis now? Huh? Just just win, baby. Al Davis used to that's, say that. Well, I know. I know who said it. Absolutely. And that's who's really what it's all about. Week, Bill? Who's coming well, on the show? Well, you tell me who's coming on the show <laughs> next week. How's that? <laughs> Uh, let me see if I can find out because I can't. By the remember. way, Kevin Cooney was yeah. great tonight, as was Boop. So shout out to them and uh, tell us who's coming. Oh, yes. Next week. Um, let's see. We haven't talked to him since right before the start of the NFL season, Bill. It is the big boss at Bleeding Green Nation, our pal Brandon Lee Gowton, who will give us all sorts of great insight into the Eagles as they head into the postseason. BLG joining us next week. Can't wait for that.
Well, that, that'll be a lot of fun because either Brandon's going to be really cranky <laughs> or he's going to be pretty fired up that we're headed into the playoffs with a bye. Well, one, one or the other, what do you think? Yeah, uh, we'll see. So, uh, gosh, I hope they win Sunday. <laughs> yeah, let, let's not go with the cranky part. Uh, should we talk Raz Room before we wrap it up? Yeah, let's give a, take a quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page, like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right, PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And, Bill, I do want to wish a very, very happy birthday to the man at Edge of Philly Sports, the the big Mahoff over there. It is our buddy Big Al Zafiri, and I believe this is one of those milestone birthdays. So happy birthday, Big Al. Enjoy. Uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, we won't tell anybody it's 4-0. Uh, yeah, we won't. And, oh, speaking of birthdays, I used to love this lady, Diane Cannon. Now, she was quite – a looker back in the seventies. Uh, I love the movie heaven can wait and a couple others that she was in back then and uh, seeing her, at the Lakers game all the time in the audience, Diane Cannon, 86 today, believe it or not. 86. 86. Yes. Holy cow. <sighs> she doesn't look a day over like 18 in that picture on the left. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> or 30. All right. Okay. Anything else before we wrap it up? Um, Penn State winning the Rose Bowl. That was nice. Penn State uh, played really well uh, after the Big Ten lost all four games leading up to the Rose Bowl. Um, Penn State yeah. with a Big Ten victory. Nice, nice win. Nice, nice going out for Sean Clifford, too. Yeah. And, oh, Bill, one other thing while I was talking about birthdays and stuff I forgot to mention today is National Spaghetti Day. So enjoy, everyone. National Spaghetti Day. I didn't know that. I had spaghetti last night. I would imagine the possibilities. See what I did there? Stop it. <laughs> that, it up, with that, we're wrapping it Wrap up. It up. <laughs> Let's thank tonight's special guests, Kevin Cody and Bob Patron Jr., our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, January 11th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. And, Chet, before we go, we want to say continue prayers to Mar Hamlin. We hope each minute gets better and better for this young man, just 24 years old, um, certainly in our prayers. Hopes, uh, high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, go Birds. Let's do the song.